The summer of alternative financing continues, and today we're going to be talking about supplier financing. And again, how you can use this to raise part of the down payment or provide liquidity for something else that's just as important uh, when buying a business. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. All right, so again, for those of you that are joining us new, I'm doing a whole series this summer on alternative financing, meaning how to raise money to buy a business that doesn't involve just going to the bank and getting a loan. And so some of these concepts are interesting, a lot of them are fun, and some of them are very difficult to pull off. But we put a playlist together where we're putting them all together. And so come check it out. We'll, we'll put a link to it floating up above here somewhere. Um, so today we're going to talk about supplier financing. So, so which suppliers am I talking about? I'm talking about people who would sell to the business that you're trying to buy. Okay. And so there are a couple of different ways that suppliers might be able to help you with the acquisition of a business. Now, why would a supplier want to do that? Well, it's, it's in their own self-interest. It has to do with them securing volume and future sales to that business and helping you acquire that business is one of the ways that they hope to cement a long-term relationship with you so that it makes sense. And, and there's a couple of different ways that we can see this happen. Um, number one, a supplier could outright make you a loan in a traditional sense uh, that you would then pay back over time, maybe with payments and interest, for example. Uh, it could be very much a traditional kind of loan, um, and it might be tied to certain things like a commitment to continue purchasing from them. The other way that it can happen is through um, basically agreeing to have some kind of increased cost long term. So you can see this, for example, in the restaurant business where a certain food suppliers, wholesalers, distributors will offer upfront payments to restaurateurs who sign long term supply contracts. Uh, those people are signing up to have a higher cost of goods sold. So they're going to end up paying more for things over the course of time, but they're getting money up front. Now, if, you know, well, we're going to talk about implementing this first, but there's, there's, another, there's another version of doing it. Another one is kind of an off-sheet, balance sheet kind of financing, which you would often see in the fuel business. So an oil company might agree to install a canopy and new pumps at a gas station and the way that you repay them for that is by paying a couple cents per liter or gallon more for the gasoline until you've repaid that investment that they've made. So I've made another video about that called off balance sheet financing, where, um, you know, it may not even appear as a loan in your own business's books. You've just signed up for this commitment and you end up having a higher expense. It looks like your business has less profitability, but you're repaying this investment that the company has given you. Uh, another example that I see uh, is, for example, uh, insurance. I helped someone buy a property and casualty insurance business, so home, auto, business insurance, that kind of thing. Um, and when they went to make the acquisition, 
one of the major insurance companies who sells through that brokerage was actually willing to finance the acquisition. Why? Because they're trying to protect the volume. They want to ensure that a new owner doesn't go and take all those customers and move them over to another insurance company, right? So again, totally self-motivated by the suppliers. Now, if you are a buyer and you're looking at a particular business and you see who is selling to that business, how do you go and approach those suppliers and say, hey, I'd like you to lend me money to buy this business? Well, especially if you signed an NDA, you know, you're not allowed to talk about the fact that that business is for sale. So how do you pull that off? Well, it's going to require sometimes a little bit of the participation of the seller. Um, and it's going to really be helpful if you already know those suppliers. So what does that mean? It means that the person who can most easily pull off a supplier financing arrangement is someone who's already in the industry. So if you already own a certain kind of business and you're going to acquire another company in that same industry, then maybe you already know the people selling to that company. And so it's very easy for you to go and approach them and say, hey, I'm going to be acquiring this person or I'm going to be acquiring another business that does this amount of revenue without revealing who it is. And you can say, what can you do to help me out? Now, another twist on this, don't forget when you buy a business, you have to consider the net normal position of working capital. So operating capital is important when you acquire a business. So let's say you're going to buy a business and you have a certain amount of funds available for a down payment. You have to make sure that you're reserving enough of your funds to cover any operating capital needs that may not be included in the transaction. And if you're doing an asset purchase, it often means that components of the operating capital are not coming over to you when you buy the business. So if you have 200 grand, for example, and you know that you need 50 grand of operating capital, it means you can only offer the person 150 grand as a down payment. Now, if you talk with the suppliers and say, hey, I need your help to acquire this business. And the way that I want you to help me is by giving me 180 days to pay instead of the industry standard 45 or 60, depending on what business you're in. Um, then all of a sudden things change dramatically, don't they? And, and I actually experienced this um, when I was just a youngster, uh, right after university, I worked in a store that sold uh, home winemaking and beer making supplies. And they were expanding by opening a second location. And one of the deals that the owner made with the suppliers was that he would be able to acquire a large amount of initial inventory to stock the new business, but that they would give him an extra long period of time in order to pay. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. So you could offer more of your cash as a down payment, knowing that you'll be able to run the business and make sales and collect money from customers well in advance of having to pay for the materials that you've received. And so the suppliers basically are removing some of the oper operating capital requirements of the business by giving you uh, more liberal terms as far as payment goes. So that's an example of how supplier financing can work. Um, I've given you a few examples. Again, tough to pull off, tough for an outsider to pull off. Um, if you're already in the industry, whether you own a business already in that particular industry, or if you've had a career and you are a manager who deals directly with suppliers, you may be able to take advantage of that relationship and try to pull some of this stuff off. Um, anyway, that's how you can try to leverage supplier financing. Again, I've seen it in food and the restaurant business. 
seen it in the insurance business, seen it in retail where people get access to inventory, inventory and operating capital by doing this. Um, it really just depends on the industry you're looking at, how well connected you are, um, and just how interested those suppliers are in maintaining the volume. Um, I've seen, for example, in the grocery industry, and I live in a in an area where there's like small cities and towns spread out over a big area. Uh, and I helped one particular grocery chain. Um, I did some appraisal work for them. They had a couple of locations changing over that were independently owned. And their model was that they owned retail stores, but they also had this distribution and wholesale business. And in order for it to be economical for them to supply maybe two or three of their own stores, they needed to have three or four of these independent customers in the same region so that they could have like a daily truck going from their warehouse to that area. And if they started to lose some of the independent stores, the overall volume going to that one area would decline and it would change the cost structure of their own stores that they owned. So that like the whole thing was very fi a finely tuned machine as far as their their distribution business and if they lost one of those independent customers it could screw up everything and all of a sudden their three stores that were profitable could become unprofitable for example and so that was one of the things that they did is they were a huge facilitator in helping those businesses change hands and they really took an interest in making sure that the new owner was a capable owner, um, that they were going to support that person. And often it came with a lot of financial, um, you know, concessions and help when it came time to doing those deals because they needed that volume to continue because of all of their other business interests in a particular area. Anyway, hope that helps. If, if you're looking at buying a business and you've done my business buyer advantage program and you're like, Dave, this is awesome. I've learned all kinds of stuff, but I need more. I need more help. I want to really see how these deals are done. I want a firsthand example of, of watching people go through this negotiation and, and, and what they do and how they do it and how they pull these deals off. Then you might want to consider joining my business buyer adventure group coaching program. Uh, there's always 20 to 30 people in it at any given time. And what's great is that half the people in the group approximately are already business owners. So they've already gone through it with acquisitions. Many of the people in the group have already bought businesses. They stay in the group because they want to buy more. And you get to learn from people who've done it before. You get to have access to all the archives going back to 2018 of all the group meetings where you can sit and listen as negotiations, some of them spanning 13 months, uh, go back and forth and stop and then start up again and stop and start up again and how the deals are ultimately uh, arranged. It's a huge um, you know, resource of information and you get three meetings every month with me. If you want more information about that, uh, just head over to the, the website that talks about that. It's businessbuyeradventure.com. Super economical, you join on a quarterly basis. And initially you get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with me where we help to create your search criteria. And now in 2022, I've added a bunch of additional resources, including the ability to query databases of businesses in Canada and the US. So you can actually develop a search list uh, for doing off-market non-broker prospecting, which is a huge part of what we talk about in that group. And so thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. And uh, adios. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books. 
and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, et cetera. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.